real work actually starts after the ceremony, after you come back from therapy, after you sit with the medicine afterwards. That's when the real work starts. Because it's nice to live in La La Land all the time. I wish I lived in La La Land all the time. But unfortunately, we still are humans and live in this world. So how do we Im- so how do we implement everything that we've learned from those sessions, whether it's plant medicine or therapy? How do we integrate that into our lives so that we can constantly have that feeling of that la la land of sort of sorts in our hearts and constantly connected to that process? So the first time um, I came off in like pure bliss, I was loving life. And I stayed loving that life for a couple of weeks afterwards. And then real life started hitting in. Like I started getting bills and I started getting like angry at my boyfriend or whatever it might've been. Like real life started hitting in. It's okay. Like, how do I come back and like, go back to that la la land. I want to live there again. Do I take another plant medicine again? Like that is hard on your body. If you're going to be doing ayahuasca all the time, like that is really, really difficult for you. Welcome to Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Morun, and today we are embarking on a journey with Anya Halama, a beacon of spiritual wisdom and entrepreneurial spirit. From living paycheck to paycheck in a corporate grind to becoming a world traveler and guide for thousands of heart-centered entrepreneurs, Anya's story is nothing short of extraordinary. She's a spiritual life mentor, a best-selling author, a healer, an intuitive digital artist, embodying a life lived in full alignment with soul and purpose. Anya's transformation began with a bold leap of faith, leaving the security of the job market on a self-discovery voyage that took her around the globe. Her expertise now spans a wide array of spiritual practices. She's a Reiki master, an angel healer, EFT certified practitioner, and a master in the law of attraction. Her profound knowledge in plant medicine and ayahuasca integration has transformed lives, guiding individuals towards mental, spiritual, and emotional well-being. Today, Anya will share her insights on the power of plant medicine, the transformative experience of ayahuasca, and the importance of integration in these spiritual journeys. Anya's perspective on the significance of community in the healing process and her approach to aiding those who've had challenging experiences are particularly enlightening. Anya's journey is a testament to the limitless potential of the human spirit when aligned with its true purpose. So, Prepare to be inspired as we dive into Anya's world of spiritual entrepreneurship and healing. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share your thoughts in the comments below. Your engagement helps us continue to bring these empowering stories to you. Now, let's begin. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself. I am thrilled to welcome Anya Halama to the show. Anya, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your Unleashed moment, the moment you knew you're on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Anya, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much, Constantine. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about that Unleashed moment for a second because I had a chance to read more about your beautiful journey. And I know that like many of us, you you had some moments in life when you were doubting the direction your life was going in and what you're doing with your life. Can you tell us a bit more about 
well, what the day looks like for you and how you got there? Yeah, of course. So my story um, began many years ago and I was working corporate America. And so before that, I actually, I had to grow up really quickly. My dad was in a work accident for immigrants um, in America. Um, I was born in another country, immigrants over here. And growing up, I had to, my, when my dad got in a work accident, I was about 10 years old. I had to go to lawyer's offices, legal offices, doctor's offices, and just like be the translator and be the adult in the relationship. So that had me grow up really, really quickly. And because my dad was an accident, our income got taken away and I had to go to college really quickly and start working full time really quickly, which led me to have a lot of trauma with my father and a lot of resentment for him. Why did this accident happen to him? God, if you're real, why did all of this happen? On top of like a whole slew of other stuff that was going on in my life. So once I started working corporate America, I was making a lot more money than any 19-year-old should be making, spending it on all the wrong things, going down all the wrong paths. And I came to a point where I was very sick, anxiety, depression, insomnia, just really sick. I couldn't eat anything. I was allergic to almost every single food. I was going blind. Doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, just a whole slew of different things. And my health was way more important. I knew that my health was way more important. One day I woke up, I'm like, screw all of this, screw corporate America, quit my job, sold my car, put everything in storage and bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. I've been on that ticket. It's been eight years already. I've been on that ticket ever since. I'm still on it pretty much. But while on that path, I didn't know that I was going to find myself. I didn't know that I was looking for myself. I was just looking to get as far away from my family and corporate America and the hustle and bustle of Chicago, the busy city life as possible. So while traveling, I was going to yoga classes more, spiritual classes, meditation classes, and just getting on my spiritual journey a lot, a lot more into myself. And I started healing. My anxiety was going away. My my insomnia was going away. My IBS completely went away. I cleared IBS with Reiki, which was incredible. I just started getting better. And once I started healing myself, I'm like, oh, I can help other people heal as well. And I'm the kind of person that if I like something, I go ahead and dive in first. And I'm like, I want, I want all of the information. So I started studying all different kinds of modalities, the meditation, a lot of attraction, EFT tapping, Ho'oponopono a whole different slew of this toolbox that I have for clients now, pretty much depending on what the client needs. I open up my little toolbox of stuff. And uh, that path led me to travel all of Southeast Asia, move into Europe, then to Panama. And then I found my way to Colombia. It's where I live at the moment. And I found plant medicines and plant medicines. The moment that I really started dabbling in plant medicines, it's when my world completely turned upside down. And I'm actually in the process. I'll be going away to the jungle October and November of this year to get initiated into an ayahuasca tribe because that is my path. <laughs> wow. So many directions we can take it in. And thank you for sharing, especially the top part of your, of the, the first part of your journey and the tough part of your journey right and i would imagine everything you're going through right now it's not easy by any means goodness it never is we just get stronger yes and it's almost like in if i may it's like in my case at least you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel because you're like oh now there's a reason for all this there's a reason for all the, the the challenges all the pain that comes with it 
Oh, 100%. Like I, um, my business is called Expansion Alchemy and it's a divine alchemy school in the realms of spirituality, personal development, health relationships and business. I have 12 teachers on board. And the way that that came was from resilience. I was on a, I was on a book tour. I was on top of the world, felt so good. Came back from book tour. I got hacked. I lost my entire business, lost my website, lost 30,000 email subscribers, lost, lost everything, which led to two months of trying to retrieve everything back and then two months of questioning myself. Should I even be coaching? Should I be teaching anymore? Is this my past? Should I be doing that? And then in the meditation, the company came to me. The entire thing was given to me. And it came from that moment of like sitting within myself, sitting from silence. And I needed to go through that hacking because I wouldn't have what I have now. I wouldn't get there. Yeah, it sucked in the moment, but I'm so grateful for all of that that did happen. Yeah, well, that's a beautiful reminder of how important some of those tough challenges are in realigning us with the path that we should be on. And I can I can definitely see that being a very dark night of the soul type scenario, right? Where you're like, wow, my entire life just got pulled from Vanished. Yeah. yeah, vanished in front of me overnight. So you mentioned plant medicine and um, I want to touch a bit on that because I've had the pleasure to see with plant medicine last year for the first time in Ecuador. And I've been fascinated about the world of plant medicine for a long time. And I know many of our listeners are as well. Let's talk a bit about your first journey with plant medicine. How did it happen and why? Yeah, so my first journey, um, so there's plant medicine and then there's recreational use. <laughs> so I yeah. was using recreationally for a long time, uh, cannabis, psilocybin, uh, recreationally. So that was fun. <laughs> but my first experience with actual plant medicine, sitting in ceremony with a shaman dressed in white in the jungle, doing all the crazy hippie stuff, um, was the first time that I came to Colombia. And I wanted to do ayahuasca has been coming up. Ayahuasca was my first, my first plant medicine that I tried. It was, um, I've, it's been coming into my horizons for like five years before I ever did it. I was also addicted to drugs and alcohol before I was like, Oh, I'm going to go in the jungle and do a bunch of drugs. That's going to be fun. (laughs) I was very wrong. So ayahuasca was coming up for me. Like every time I opened a book, something I read something about ayahuasca. I was Googling something. Something came up about ayahuasca. I started getting ads all of a sudden. Like I've never Googled it and I started getting ads or like someone talks about it. I put on TV, Chelsea Lately is talking about her journey on ayahuasca. I was like, okay, like I need to go to South America and like do this thing. I'm also a person that like, I like going to the source where things are. Yes, there's ayahuasca in the US. They have some ceremonies in Europe. They have some in Bali. They have some all over. However, like I like going to the source. It comes from South America and that's where it's grown. Like that's where I want to go. So I'm going to go to Colombia and try this thing called ayahuasca. My ego used to be huge. I heard that she attacks your ego first, the whole death of the ego thing, as we all probably have heard something of sorts. So I was like, Ooh, what am I really gonna, what am I gonna find out about myself? Like, is this gonna be painful? Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. But again, I'm gonna go do a bunch of drugs in the jungle. This is gonna be fun. So I came to I came to Medellin into Colombia where I live now and the first thing that I wanted was Hey, it's Constantine here and I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you 
for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation. And if you want to reach out directly to me, send me an email at constantine at unleashthyself.com. I value any and all feedback. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Now, back to the episode. Really just to heal some clarity, clarity around why things happened in my life, why my life went in the way that it went, why my dad did certain things to me, just like, just clarity. That was my first intention with it. So I get to Colombia and the first week in Colombia, I'm in a conscious cannabis ceremony. And in the cannabis ceremony, for hours, I have dealing in my head, good versus evil, all of my all of my thoughts, all of my memories, all of the bad things that I've done, all of the people that I've hurt, all of the people that I've let down, all of the bad choices that I've met, like literally getting rid of my ego, like death of the ego completely attacked in a cannabis ceremony, which I never would have imagined. And after the ceremony, I'm in the bathroom and I'm washing my hands. And this is the first time ever which I've heard spirit talk to me audibly. I'm very clairvoyant. I see spirit. I see spirit. Spirit talks to me visually. I'm also claircognizant. Spirit talks to me through an inner knowing. This is the first time I audibly heard spirit talk. And I heard, you're ready. And I'm looking around in this bathroom while I'm washing my hands. I'm like, what am I ready for? Like, I don't, uh, like, who's talking to me right now? What is going on? The very next day, a friend of mine texted me. Mind you, this is only a week into being in Colombia. A friend texted me and he's like, I'm going to an ayahuasca ceremony. Do you want to come? I'm like, yes, I'm ready now. I am ready. And it was, I heard that she calls you when, when it's your time, when it's your turn to sit with the mother, she calls you and she definitely called me loudly. After the first time that I've done, I, I was like, every single person on this planet needs to try this medicine. This is the most incredible medicine on this planet. Why is, doesn't everyone know about this? Now that I've been working with it for almost six years, I know that it is not for everyone. I've seen that it is not for everyone. She was very gentle with me the first time that I tried it and she's been gentle with me for pretty much the entire time yes there's been some like that were worse ceremonies and some that were better but she's been fairly gentle with me and after that first time I felt in my soul that this is my path I truly felt that like this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is why I'm here to help other people heal through this medicine and it was really beautiful I was sitting in a holotropic breathwork session about two months ago and in the session the guide was saying like think of the moment that you're most grateful for like that out of your entire life that you're most grateful for and the vision of my first ayahuasca came to me like wearing my white my hair is like down I'm wearing a veil like I'm like this is beautiful and I'm like that's the moment I'm most grateful for and the reason is because that was the bridge between the person I used to be and the person that I am now the person that I'm becoming without that medicine I wouldn't be who I am today like yes I'm still the same person at the core of it but I've grown so much I've learned so much because of Aya and I'm just, I'm just so grateful for that moment 
And then it like zooms me out of this breathwork session and like drops me into the current moment. It's like, yeah, that was great. But right now, this moment, be grateful for this moment. And I'm crying at this point. I'm like, yes, that's so beautiful. I'm so grateful for this moment. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, chilling. Uh, literally, I get chills down the spine as you share the story. And I resonate with so much of what you said there because like you, I heard the ayahuasca call. I didn't know what to do with it, of course, because unlike you, I, I've never been drunk nor done drugs in my past. So I was like... It doesn't make sense to my analytical mind, but yet I'm going to go try it. And yeah. She never called. Right? She called. And, you got to answer the calling. And the bridge you talked about was so powerful because that's how I see it as well. It was a bridge between who I was and who I am today and who I should be deep down in my heart. Right. And and that's a, such a powerful message. And you're absolutely right. Like you, I felt coming out of it is like, wow, everyone should be doing this. And then as things settled, you're like, nah, not everyone. Like, it's not for everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's funny to see, you know, you're saying the same things I was, I went through exactly the same. And it's beautiful. And I know you specialize in integration, right? And for those listening that are not 100% familiar, of course, every time you have any type of experience, be it plant medicine or you go to therapy or do anything, ideally you integrate whatever you learned so then you can put in practice all the lessons and apply them to your real life, to the life outside of therapy, outside of plant medicine. Now, Anya, in my case, integration, while I did a lot of study on, on the journey and everything else, and I talked to a lot of people, I wasn't sure what to do. And I would imagine maybe the first few times you did, how was integration for you? Was it tough? Did it take a while to really learn what, what needs to be done to integrate properly? Yeah, so the real work actually starts after the ceremony, after you come back from therapy, after you sit with the medicine, afterwards. That's when the real work starts. Because it's nice to live in la-la land all the time. I wish I lived in la-la land all the time. But unfortunately, we still are humans and live in this world. So how do we Im so how do we implement everything that we've learned from those sessions, whether it's plant medicine or therapy? How do we integrate that into our lives so that we can constantly have that feeling of that la la land of, so of sorts in our hearts and constantly connected to that? The first few times, um, it's actually it's fascinating to me because I've drank with several different shamans and. I want to say, I keep going back to one particular center, and I'm actually in the process of opening up my own center after I go to school. Um, so I've drank with several different centers, maybe 10 different centers. Only one of them focuses on integration coaching afterwards. And that's something that I really want to focus on in my center, because I know it's such an important, important part of the journey and of the process. So the first time um, I came off in like pure bliss, I was loving life and I stayed loving that life for a couple of weeks afterwards. And then real life started hitting in. Like I started getting bills and I started getting like angry at my boyfriend or whatever it might've been. Like real life started hitting in. It's okay. Like how do I come back and like go back to that lala land i want to live there again do i take another plant medicine again like that is hard on your body if you're going to be doing ayahuasca all the time like that is really really difficult for you 
So adding different, working with an integration coach, fantastic, but you can also integrate on yourself, whether that's sitting deeper in meditation, whether that's journaling longer, whether that's sitting through a more profound breath work session, instead of doing like a seven second, seven second breath, seven second hold, seven second exhale, like maybe sitting through a holotropic breath work session once a week, and that's an hour long. So you can still reach those states of mind, even without the medicine, and then you can start adding them into your daily life what are you learning okay this session i learned that maybe i need to open up my heart how can i open up my heart okay let's take a look at the people that are in my life my sister my brother my mother my boyfriend my family members my teammates from work my co-workers the the uber guy whoever how can i be more heart-centered how can i be more loving Okay, let's take a look at some of the, some, some of the things that are coming up for me that I'm not loving right now. How can I start integrating them into regular life and from from the lessons that I learned? So that's something that I do focus on with my coaching um, to help people integrate some of those lessons. And then so they can fully live in the land, even on the 3D plane. Exactly. And I love the way you describe that. And absolutely, like from my experience and talking to many people and the people I met at this retreat, Yes, the integration piece was so not necessarily overlooked. We were told it's the most important part, but there were no tools, there were no discussions to deep dive into what it means. And like you, I came back, I was in heaven for like two weeks, three weeks maybe, and then reality hit. I realized that no one around me has changed. And, you know, that sent me for a loop and I went down a path that, yes, in hindsight, it's amazing. I had to go through it, depression and other things because it allowed me to find myself. But I also feel like if I had more information, if I had someone like you in my corner, if I at least had some practices, it would put me on a on the path I'm on right now, maybe be faster, right? Maybe I wouldn't have to go through as many challenging situations to get to the end of it. I mean, of course, all of us will have to go through them at some point, but I would imagine having a proper integration can speed things up so much more and allow you to elevate your vibration, your frequency is so much faster as well. To be in La La Land, like you said. Yeah, 100% La La Land. I love living up there. Um, something that I work on with my clients is pre, pre-retreat. So most clients hire me on pre-going to a ceremony, pre-going to a retreat. Obviously, I'm in the process of starting my own retreats as well. So this is something that I'll be offering the clients that come into my own retreats. Um, so we'll be working on, an, on a pre and post integration process, something. So we'll be working on what your intentions are. How can you get the most out of your retreats? Um, different practices that you can do during sitting in ceremony as well. Some stuff they might not even tell you. For example, one, surrender. You need to surrender to the medicine. How do you surrender? Okay, maybe sit with the breath a little bit more. So focus on your breath versus like, oh, I'm going to get up and like dance around. Like if you're up dancing around, like you're not quieting your mind. You're not surrendering fully so how do you how do you work through the medicine and and allow that medicine to work through you as well but then afterwards we create blends of herbs and teas and essential oils and sprays maybe that were based off of that intention and are based off of something that happened inside your ceremony then afterwards you can anchor in and use those while you are integrating so you can anchor into being at that ceremony and you have that correlation again so your integration is so much deeper at that point Oh wow, that's beautiful. I I love uh, I love that example because uh, yeah, it's not something I've seen or even heard much of. But anchoring yourself when you come back and going through those experiences and learning the lessons, right? Because for me, for example, 
it took many months to really process all the things I've seen, all the lessons that were shown to me. Some are more metaphors than, let's say, take it literally. So it took a bit of time. So I would imagine be, being able to anchor yourself and bring yourself back in the state allows you to process those things faster as well. Yeah. And actually talking to someone about all of these things, like everyone's journey is different and no two journeys are the same. I've never had, I've done ayahuasca 70 times and I've never had the same exact journey. It is always different, but like just having someone to talk to you be like, okay, yeah, maybe this was a metaphor. Maybe it was literal. Like I saw a dragon. I was riding a dragon. What the heck does this mean? Like if I tell this to my mother, she'll look at me like I'm absolutely crazy. So having someone that's going to talk to you and hold that that space for you like you're not crazy okay let's dissect that what does that dragon actually represent <laughs> oh, i love that i love that example because that's exactly how i got through some of the metaphors in uh in my experience because i'll be so focused on the literal aspect of it it's like oh and an example i'll give you really quick was this idea that i i connected to my inner child and i i grabbed him by the hand at one point and i said don't let anyone tell you what to paint paint from the heart Right. And for me, that was so literal because I've never really painted in my life. So I was like, oh, you know, people were telling me to not paint. So that's why I didn't go down that path. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go grab, you know, some tools and I'm going to start painting. But then some friends as I was sharing these stories are like, well, have you thought about the other aspects of what you saw there? Perhaps don't let people in your life tell you what to do. You know, follow your heart, do things from your heart. And that's when things mm-hmm. click. And you're absolutely like, okay, right. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> it's like, oh, now it could be both, right? Or yeah, first thing when you said that, heart. for me, it was creating art. Paint art from your heart, whatever that art is. Podcasting. It doesn't yeah. have to be actual literal art. It doesn't have to be literal painting. Just create from your heart. Unleash that expression from your heart. Exactly. And that's that's exactly what I'm doing today, right? So it's like it, it wasn't necessarily painting, like you said, or drawing. It's it's following your heart, really, what that comes down to. But the important point there is, like you said, you want to have someone to be able to talk to. And for most of us, when we go on these journeys, you don't necessarily have people in your life you can talk to, right? So having a coach, having a mentor, having someone that has gone through this, either with you or without you, and can help you a bit, you can ask questions, uh, so invaluable. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I wish I had more coaching or mentoring the first time that I've done ayahuasca. Like I wish I had more of that integration and that's why I'm so passionate about helping people with it now. Cause I, it, it's a scary process, especially once you start living in that crazy la la land and all of a sudden it turns dark and you're like, where am I? <laughs> exactly. And I see integration also important for a couple of other reasons. I'm curious to see your take and see what you think in terms of what are the benefits that are, but I've seen it with people that I've met at this retreat. And I made so many amazing friends. We stay in touch a year and a half later on a regular basis, weekly, monthly, we connect. But there are some people that went back to their normal lives. They were, let's say, in heaven for a month or two, but then allowed their regular life to creep back in. And they forgot most of the stuff that was shown to them or they learned. So now they're back to the way things were before. So it's almost like it's not wasted by sitting within them and it's not doing anything. And now they're stuck in a way in, in you know, the, the old grind, the old status quo. Mm-hmm. And then other people I've, I've seen and I've read about as well is, and you touched on this before, is this idea of chasing the high. So you're like, oh, I don't want to feel like this. I'm no longer in La La Land. 
how do I get back to that? So they go to the next retreat, they go to the next plant ceremony. So it's not because they want to learn more, but it's just to relieve that experience, to, to be somewhere else other than your real life. Yeah, so first, um, first thing that I want to touch on is community. Community is such an important thing when it comes to doing plant medicine or to doing anything really nowadays. Like community is so important because when you're going on this crazy psychedelic experience, you want to come back and like have someone that you can confide in, have someone that you can talk to, and who better to talk to them? 20 people that you're you puking in buckets with <laughs> like those are the best people that you're going to confide in that moment so community is very important um for my retreats I, I i do host retreats at the moment i do conscious cannabis and um, psilocybin together i don't do ayahuasca until i go to the jungle and get my proper training in that um so for my retreats i do pre-integration and post-integration coaching and the post-integration we have a one um we have two calls, sometimes three, depending on what kind of a retreat it is, with everyone from the retreat. We'll do one like a month or two later, and then one like three or four months later, and then another six or seven months later. So we can all be in this aspect and talk to everyone. So we can have still be in touch. And then there's also like a WhatsApp group where everyone is in touch over there and you can chat. And obviously everyone connects on like Instagram and all of that stuff as well. But having that space where you can kind of find in other people and be a community in together it's very very important and um i also think that again like i was saying like the real work gets done after the retreat it's not it's not during the retreat yeah during the retreat it's it's hard during the ceremonies it's hard but the real work starts happening afterwards so that's when you really have to start working on some of that integration yes some people are going to take it some people are are not going to take it some people will start chasing that high but if you're chasing that high I, and I see this often, like, okay, but did you integrate from your last ceremony? Did you apply all of the lessons from your last ceremony? Oh, but I just want to, like, I know Ayahuasca is going to give me all of these answers and I'm going to feel so much better. It's like, she gave you all the answers already. Start adding those into your current life. But at the end of the day, we can't stop people. We can't help people that don't want to be helped. Like all we can do is work on ourselves and be the best versions of ourselves. And hopefully that inspires other people to take the right action that they're going to take. So um, yes, some people do go like the extreme ways and they're like, okay, like I want to do 50 ayahuascas in the next year. Okay, take some time off and like start actually applying all of these lessons that she's teaching you. Exactly, exactly. So important. And I've, I've seen it with some of the people that I've met there and, and talked to and even some of the volunteers that were working at the retreat. And yeah, it's you always have to ask yourself as, like you said, have you applied all the lessons? Are you actively working on them? And what's the reason behind going to a ceremony? And we haven't touched on this yet, but the idea of setting intentions before a ceremony is huge, according to everything I've seen and read. Setting and setting is very, very important. Exactly, yeah. right? So I would, I would imagine that ties in with all the lessons you've learned, because if my intention going in is to get more lessons, but yet I haven't implemented any, that, that's a conflict, right? Another thing I wanted to mention is like the more that you do, particularly ayahuasca, the less you actually need ayahuasca. 
So the first couple of ceremonies that you go, she deals with all of the big stuff. If you have any ailments, any traumas, any resentments towards your family, any body sicknesses. Um, I have a friend that cured Lyme's disease with ayahuasca. Like she deals with all of the big stuff first. And then the more you do it, obviously you don't have, sure, things come up in your life here and there, but you're not going to have all of the big life traumas that's like 20 years of therapy can possibly fix in like one sitting. So the more that you do it, it's just a very, very, very little subtle shift. And that's a beautiful representation of the subtle shifts in life that we need to make. How can I hold my breath five seconds longer in when I'm doing breath work? How can I meditate and clear my mind for just one minute longer? Like not think about anything for one minute longer. Those little subtle shifts, because you're not going to be give, blowing up your world every time you do ayahuasca. It'll be little, little subtle shifts. Now when I connected to medicine, again, I've drank almost 70 times. I'm a, I connect 15 minutes, I'm in the medicine. And I'm only in the medicine for an hour and a half, maybe two hours. It's not eight hours anymore, because I don't have to deal with all of that. And it's little, little things that she teaches me, little subtle shifts that she's teaching me versus like these big, crazy psychedelic experiences. Yeah, that's a great example of uh, what we should be looking for as well, or what should be expecting really going into anything like this. So let me say this. You said you've sat with Mother Ayahuasca about 70 times. When you go into each of these ceremonies and the 70 you've gone into, I, I would imagine you had intentions, right? Because you said set and setting are very important. Can you tell us a bit more about what people should think about when they choose a place to go to and then, of course, the intentions that go around with that? Yes. Um, not all shamans are made the same. <laughs> like there's... The there's A doctors and there's D doctors. There's A shamans and there's D shamans. Not all shamans are made the same. Some shamans um, could possibly see your light and want to take that light away. Maybe they have some darkness within them. Um, do your due diligence. Really, really do your due diligence where you are going, making sure that you're going to a reputable place. Um, checking out their reviews, checking out their website. See, possibly like talking to a center and see if you can go there. If if you're in the area, see if you can go there beforehand and talk to them. So how do you feel when you are talking to the organizer or the facilitator of the retreats? Like, are they happy to jump on a call with you and answer all of your questions? Or do they just send you to a to a landing page and you're like, here, pay me $7,000? Like, how are these people interacting with you? Also, um, for example, like I live in Colombia and everything is on Colombian pesos. And I recently was talking to a friend and he was telling me, he's like, oh, do you know any ayahuasca ceremonies happening this week? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not in town right now. I'm not sure. But I can ask like because I work with a lot of centers. Um, so I sent him a couple of them and like nothing was like fully aligned. And he found this one and he's like, yeah, they like they asked me to play in US dollars. I'm like, that's a red flag right there. I'm like, it's in Colombia. They should be asking you to pay in Colombian pesos, not be like marketed to gringos specifically. That's like turning into a whole like Ritmia thing. He's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And then like, there was a whole bunch of other red flags that came up as well. 
but really doing your due diligence, seeing if they have reviews, seeing like talking to people, maybe some of the reviews, see if you can reach out to any of the people that are over there, seeing if you can reach out to the, some of the people that are tagged in their Facebook posts or their, or their Instagram posts, like some of the people that have attended, what their experiences were like, like really, really sit with your due diligence um, and, and, and see what's right. And again, like, I'm happy to recommend any kind of centers. You guys are more than welcome to come to my centers once it's fully opened as well. Um, just doing that, doing that research for yourself, um, because some some medicine could be could be bad medicine as well. Not all medicine is made the same as well. As far as intention goes, really spending the two weeks before going into ayahuasca ayahuasca particularly but this can this can be applied to any any other plant medicines as well psilocybin going into a ketamine journey or whatever um two weeks beforehand um ayahuasca particularly some psilocybin there's a little bit of a dieta involved as well but ayahuasca in particular you're on a dieta beforehand like there's certain things that you can't eat there's certain things you can't do certain things you have to avoid getting off medication not eating red meat just so your body could be as prepared for the medicine as possible so up to those, those two weeks leading up to your retreat, your ceremonies, really sitting in sitting in meditation longer. What do I truly want to get out of this retreat? What does my heart desire to get out of this retreat, to get out of this? Like, what do I really want to focus on? Do I want to be a better person? Do I want to heal some trauma? Do I want to help get rid of some limiting beliefs? Do I want to 10X my business? Whatever it may be what you are trying to achieve and why you are trying to achieve it. Cause it's good. Like, Oh yeah, I want to be a better person. Why do I want to be a better person? What is that really going to give me in the root cause of everything? What is that really truly going to give me why I want to be a better person? Okay. I want to be a better person so I can help more people. So I can make a greater impact on this world. So I can be a better mother. So I can whatever. Okay. And then the world's going to get a much better version of me. And then I can help a lot more people. It's not just what you want, why you want it. Sitting a couple of weeks before, before starting your ceremony of, okay, this is what I truly want. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. That's a great example of how to look at intentions, right? Now, let me say this. You, you mentioned your retreat a few times. When are you thinking of opening it up? Do you have any goals or Yes. Um, so I am getting initiated into facilitating, not becoming a shaman. I am a believer that shamans, like there's a whole bunch of white shamans out there. I'm a white girl from Chicago. Like I am not a shaman. Even if I like go through a training, like I just don't have that lineage. I personally believe that shamanism comes from the lineage. These people have been working. It's been in their family for thousands and thousands of years. Like my father was a shaman, but my father's father was a shaman. They're like generations, generations past. Like they're not going to give shamanism to this white girl from Chicago. <laughs> I'm going to facilitate, hold the space, focus on the integration coaching, focus on the pre, the post, like host the retreats essentially. In the training, I am going to learn how to make the ayahuasca. I am going to be holding the space. I am going to be giving, serving it actually, but that is not the training that I'm getting. I'm just getting initiated into facilitating. So I do host retreats at the moment in Colombia. And um, with ayahuasca, I'll be, I'll be there October, all of October and all of November. And then when I come back, I'll be going back to Colombia in December. 
I need to find a shaman at that point. So there's a shaman. I want to work particularly with a female shaman. So um, there's a shaman that I am interested in. I've never sat with her medicine before, though. So I want to sit with her medicine a couple of times when I get back to make sure that our energy is aligned. If it is amazing, I'll open up the conversation of her coming on into my retreat center. If it's not, then I want to go to Punta Mayo in January. That's the ayahuasca center of Colombia in January and find a female shaman over there. So early next year sometime. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a beautiful plan. And I love what you said about shamanism and how important it is as well, right? Because unfortunately I've seen many pop up, especially in the United States these days, and even some in Canada that mm -hmm. I'm aware of where they're like, oh, this is amazing. They come home, there is something online. They just import the medicine and then, you know, they, they run retreats or they run these uh, plant medicine ceremonies and I'm like wow that's a recipe for a lot of harm potentially to happen to whoever is sitting with that yeah a lot of harm could happen that way um I've seen I was in a yopo ceremony which is a different plant medicine also DMT induced and the shaman I, I was okay with him. Like I didn't have anything wrong with him. I had a really beautiful ceremony, but a, a friend of mine that was with me, he had a horrible ceremony. He was getting attacked by a shaman in the ceremony. And we figured out that the shaman that was serving him this other medicine was trying to steal his energy because he had such bright light energy. He's like, oh, I want to take that energy for myself and use it for good, bad, whatever but he had the wrong intentions. The shaman had the wrong intentions of using that medicine. Um, I also see this with a medicine called rape, which is a tobacco, tobacco snuff, essentially. It's grounded up tobacco with other herbs from the jungle and you administer it via the nose. Um, so I put my intention into the medicine when serving it to someone. I've seen where people put bad intentions. Oh, I like this guy's girlfriend. I want to sleep with his girlfriend. And like they're putting on this bad intention into this other person. And like that's the energy that you're taking in. So like really, again, doing your due diligence, like where you're going for all of this medicine there could be something very wrong that happens and and then you're like okay why am i why is all of a sudden everything going wrong in my life i did ayahuasca this shit doesn't work like it was supposed to be good for me and all of a sudden like everything is going wrong yeah that's uh that's definitely something to always be careful of right and i mean with the internet these days you can do a lot of research even in my case i mean i spent hundreds of hours doing it and you can't really lift every rock but you can you can do quite a bit of research and, and go to a reputable place but let's say someone had a bad experience how can they fix that is have you seen anything where like you know they got back they work with a different shaman now and they can clear everything up or what have you seen yeah, so I've seen one person particularly have a really bad experience. I've seen some people have bad trips. I mean, I've had bad trips as well. Um, but I'm very, very cautious about where I'm going. Um, and honestly, some of the best retreats that you're going to go to and some of the most reputable places you're going to go to, word of mouth. Honestly, if one of your friends have gone and they had a fantastic time, like take that as, okay, like this was a really good place because it came from someone that I trust and someone that I know they had a good time. Um, my first time that I went came from someone that I know he's been to that center again. But even that... Um, 
it was really it was interesting because like the center that I've that my, the, the first center that I went to I've been working with that center for almost six years now and even they've changed so much they were only open for a year and a half when I first started going to them now they've obviously been open for seven eight years and they've changed so much since their first center to where they're at right now their rules got a little bit like different they're not as strict they're a little bit more lenient with certain things like they used to be very like okay this is, these are the indigenous um like thoughts this is what their, their rules like we have to follow this so like they've they've even changed but yeah if someone has a bad experience um seeing if there's something else that you you can do if there's other medicines you can do if there's a mentor or a coach that you can work with to try to get all of this out seeing if there's any energy work it'll really depend on like what that bad experience was what is it a bad experience because you you were dealing with some trauma and it was a really really hard ceremony or was it a bad experience because like ayahuasca wasn't really called to you and you weren't called to this medicine like the one person that I have in mind in particular which after seeing her in ceremony I was like okay this is definitely not for everyone she um she had a lot of problems before going to ayahuasca and it, she didn't listen to her intuition her intuition kept telling her no this isn't for me this isn't for me this isn't for me but people kept pushing her yes you need to do ayahuasca you need to do ayahuasca and she had like 60 other surgeries pre-ayahuasca like a lot of medical conditions and this is something the center really should have examined and talked to her and again like seeing if if the center is going to examine you for your health history like that is could be a red flag for you if they're not like really pay attention to these things um and she just she just had like a really bad experience and she had a she had a seizure in the middle of her, her ceremony and now she's convinced that she has brain damage which I'm, I'm I, I don't know like I'm not a doctor I have no idea but it is possible that that could have happened um but she didn't listen to her intuition like in her intuition kept telling her don't do ayahuasca don't do ayahuasca but she just went ahead because all of her friends are like okay this is going to help you like go do it like when I say like she's going to call you ayahuasca is going to call you she didn't call her she just went against her own judgment and uh, you touched on something very important that as sad as the story is it's a great reminder that we have to stop listening to everyone else and listen to ourselves because we have all those answers inside of us and in the example you gave because the friends were good intended right they had good intentions they wanted the best for her but they didn't know her as she knows herself right and that's a great reminder for all of us. And that's something that I've learned in my life much later than I like to admit is to stop listening to everyone else and listen to my own internal voice, be it a gut feeling, your intuition, whatever we want to call it. Yes, we have all of the answers already within ourselves. We are the medicine. You don't need to go off on this crazy journey to the jungle to do ayahuasca. You don't need to like do mushrooms or like go on these crazy journeys. Like you are the medicine. You have all of the answers within yourself. Connect to that within yourself. These are just tools that we use. Ayahuasca is a tool for me. Like I don't need it to get to these altered states of consciousness. I, I do it to use it as a tool to get ahead first further and quicker, but I can get the same exact experience with just breath work. And that's it. I'm just breathing. <laughs> yeah, that's important to note. I love that. And meditation has been uh, similar for me, right? In terms of like getting you 
in similar states. And there's so many other different practices. So yeah, if the plant medicine doesn't speak to you, just look at all the alternatives, right? Breathwork, like you said, Anya, and of course, uh, meditation. There's so many other beautiful ways of doing it. Now, let me ask you this. In terms of uh, all the amazing work you're doing, you wrote a couple of uh, best-selling books, right? You have your own podcast and you do all this stuff, right? What's, besides, of course, opening your own retreat and place, what's one thing that really gets you excited these days that's maybe right now happening or happening in the near future? Besides the retreat, of course. <laughs> right now happening is going to jungle school. That's getting me really excited. Um, follow me along on my journey. I have a lot of exciting things that have just been manifesting into my life that every day I'm living in constant flow of holy shit is this my life like how is this real how am I meeting these people how am I like making these connections how am I like how is this real life I have so many exciting things I'm not ready to share all of them right here right now because I haven't shared them publicly yet and they're still all working through but a lot of things have been exciting but what keeps me going is just hearing people that I've helped them. If I've, if I hear from one person a day telling them that something that I've said inspired that person, something that I wrote, something that I did inspired just one person a day, like my heart is, is so full at that point. That's beautiful. That's a, that's a great place to be in, right? Where you can help people make a difference in whatever it is that you end up doing for anyone listening and I, and I love that very much. So let me ask you this, Sonia, then let's go back in time a bit. If you could go back to that younger self that was about to quit corporate America and go on a big journey to discover herself, and you could give that younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? You can be, do, and have absolutely anything that you desire. Don't let anyone stand in your way. Don't let anyone tell you no. Don't let any naysayers tell you you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't try plant medicines. You shouldn't move to Thailand. You should stay in the, in Chicago. Like, don't listen to any of that. If your soul is calling for something, if your gut, your intuition, like we talked about, is telling you to do something, do it. You can be, do, and have absolutely anything that you put your mind to. Yes, I love that message. Loud and clear. Beautiful, beautiful, Anya. So where can people find more of you and connect with you and keep up with all the amazing things you're doing? Yeah, my website is anyahalama.com. And then on social media, on Instagram, I'm at Anya Travels. And then everywhere else, I'm pretty much Anya Halama. Perfect. Then we'll put those in the show notes as well. And before we wrap up for the day, and I'll let you go, Anya, I know we talked, we covered a lot, but there might be something else that you'd like to share, anything that comes top of mind with the audience that maybe we haven't touched upon. Oh, just just follow your dreams. Like take that leap of faith, whatever it is, and just go after what you truly, truly desire. Your heart knows, quiet the mind, listen to your internalness, and you are the medicine within. I love that, Anya. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure and an honor to see with you and, and learn from you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Constantine. I appreciate your time as well. Thank you so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation. Your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do, and I sincerely appreciate you, your time and thirst for knowledge, inspiration, and empowerment. Please consider showing your support by hitting like, subscribe, leaving a comment, or writing a review. Your engagement not only fuels our mission, but also helps others discover these insights. 
for more daily guidance on personal transformation across the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at unleashthyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at unleashthyselftoday, TikTok and YouTube at unleashthyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly value your input. Or if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please feel free to email me directly at constantine at unleashthyself.com. I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time, continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose, with purpose. See you in the next episode.